Welcome to the Tippin Project Podcast. We'll explore the world of token incentivized physical infrastructure networks and Web3. We'll discuss everything from decentralized wireless to blockchain-based sensor networks, and we'll meet the founders behind these projects. Tippin reshapes the way the physical world interacts with crypto and blockchain. Whether you're a blockchain enthusiast, a technology buff, or curious about the future of Web3, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Tippin Project Podcast, where the future of Web3 is now. This was a little bit of research on like Algorand, Hedera, and Solana, because I wanted to have my own crypto. I ended up going with Algorand just because, you know, I like their, their pure proof of stake consensus, consensus model. I like the community. I like the low gas fees. And even before I did research, I was super bullish on Algorand. So late October, I made my own crypto. And then since I was already thinking about how am I going to mitigate this e-waste, this e-waste issue, I'm like, okay, so... If I sell actually repurposed and recycled devices, like for instance, like like old HP ITX boxes, etc., and have them do a specific thing that would help mine my coin, and actually have people you know that would want to buy them, that would definitely help prevent you know pounds and pounds of e-waste from entering the environment. So at that point, I had to think, okay, what do I want to do? At that time, I was really getting into like big into the D pen, T pen space. At that time, you know, I got my weather XM miner up, etc. And at the time, at the time, I was already contributing to some DVPN projects like Mysterium. And um, I mentioned deeper earlier, I had some miners for their project before they all died. So I like that idea. So I'm like, okay, so what if I had my own DVPN network, but that you know utilized recycled materials, and then. I wanted to have a second network because I know there there are obvious there are there are obvious risks with having a DVPN and contributing to a DVPN network because you know bad bad actors could use your node to search for less than savory things. So I want to have an alternative for people who didn't want to deal with that and even with mitigation with like open DNS, like using open DNS to filter, that wasn't good enough for them. I want them to have a second option. So that's where I came up with my with the satellite miners. I, I, I think GeoNet for that, I because I was really getting into GeoNet. I like what they're trying to do, 100%. But I want to do something a little different because they require a roof. And in certain areas, like let's say New York, Shanghai, other big cities where you might not have access to a roof, those are going to put holes in your map, in your, G, in your base station map and network. So that's when I came up with the satellite miners. They're indoor miners. And obviously, indoor miners aren't going to be as accurate. So if you've read the white paper, you know that we allow more than one satellite miner to be inside to help correct the other one. That I digress. I'm like, go back to this story. That's why I came up with those two things. I'm like, okay, sweet. So I launched the token immediately, got liquidity because um, in the US, we can't have ICOs just because they'd be considered a security by the SEC. So I just launched it right away in Tiny Man put liquidity into it, got the store, our online store up and running, and um, just tried to advertise in any way that we could. I ran Facebook ads for a bit. I reached out to people who bought for me from eBay, et cetera. And, and then um, at the beginning of this year, they, uh, David reached out to me on Discord and mentioned this group. So I joined it and learned about, about a bunch of different other projects and to help expand the kind of my view of the web three space, all these projects trying to change something in the world that got a lot more investors. 
And then that led to my decision to rebrand, which is what we'll do later. But that's basically the story of Fry's Crypto. All right, cool. So you've got basically, you've got two different devices. You have the satellite station and you have the DVPN. With Actually, what one thing we wanted to mention was that you actually stopped calling them miners because of the fact that you're technically not mining crypto, right? So it's basically, you're rewarding rewarding the users for their participation in the network, but nobody's actually mining any crypto. So that's just a slight change there. But I think people use the yeah. word miner. Anyways, you know, they just it's just an easy word to say or whatever the case is. So but you've also got a yeah. third product which which is the recycle miner. Why don't you tell us a little yes. bit about that? Okay. So I wanted to kind of help our goal with reducing e-waste. Obviously we can't do it alone by gathering recycled materials and you know, then turn them into our satellite and bandwidth miners. I talked to my JavaScript guy, and we came up with uh, this script where it would send heartbeat signals on the algorithm blockchain, like a device would send us heartbeat signals via the script, and it would basically prove that device is online. So with that, people can get, and since it's just a JavaScript script, it can run on pretty much anything. Basically, that would allow people to, let's say, grab like a 10-year-old computer, plug it in, install this script on, and you know, they'll have that that device will now have value that it didn't have before. And since you only earn one fry with the free tier, I wanted that to encourage people to kind of go out, grab even more devices, rescue them from landfills, um, and plug them in and install software, et cetera, so forth. So that's my basically my goal there, just to kind of help fuel that e-waste recycling. Because, you know, like I said, it does give value to otherwise devices that wouldn't have value. Okay. So it's really, essentially, there's no data being collected. There's there's nothing more to it than, you know, you're, you're essentially motivating people or incentivizing them to, you know, keep their old devices active, run the script, and you're basically just giving them a little bit of crypto just for doing a good thing, just for being green. Is that is that how oh, I yeah. understand it? Yep, yep. It's, ba- it's just a script that ba- basically, you know, when you get the script, you'll connect your wallet to it uh, through the wallet secret phrase. And you can read the, the whole script to make sure that, that, you know, we're not collecting anything because we're not. And basically, the script just allows your wallet to send these heartbeat signals once every hour to um, our old distribution address. And yeah, that's all it does. Okay couple questions in here. And I think one of them we can start with is essentially maybe you can expand on your plans. So you, you talked a little bit about the satellite miners and basically sort of filling in some of the gaps with the GNS signals. Signal is the right word. And then you have the, I guess, plans for the DVPN, which is essentially what's going to happen with the other side of the mine of the, of your miners. So is that essentially, that's what you have in terms of what the project will be evolving into maybe like what's your, what are your future plans? How do you plan on growing the project beyond just selling this hardware? Yes. If people pay attention to um, our Twitter, we did kind of tease our rebrand by changing our slogan. All right, Cause our new slogan came from um, helping everyday people get into crypto. Um, it became building a decentralized network of decentralized networks. So first off, this is a very long-term project. Like, we plan to be on this project for generations, but I want to, but we want to expand this project from just, you know, GNSS data and then, you know, DVPN to having like our own LoRa, LoRaWAN network, water quality, 
et cetera. And we want all these networks to communicate with each other, but also be able to, you know, hold their own if, for instance, one of the one of our networks goes down for some reason. And then, but for the meantime, with our DVPN and satellite miners, basically, once we get the test net up and then, you know, later main net, people will be able to actually use the DVPN network to protect their online activity, make, earn a little bit of fry for actually using it. And then, we, you know, with our with our satellite miners, sell those to, you know, universities, governments, research facilities, etc. And yeah, but our main goal is to have a bunch of different networks that are able to communicate with each other, but also, get, but also be able to communicate without each other to maintain the decentralized aspect. Yeah, I, I think data is probably a big thing now with a, a lot of these projects. And I think one of the questions that comes up a lot is, how are you going to sell the data? Who are you going to sell the data to? And, you know, I think with any project, that question comes up. And, and I think a big thing is that it's not necessarily data that, you know, you can't say that we're going to sell the data in a year or two years or three years. I think that what's important is the fact that you need to start collecting the data. You know, you need to have a history because you don't know yeah. what's going to happen in two years. And you need, if you start now and two years from now, this use case comes out for with, you know, with the data you're collecting, you're sort of, you know, you you have history now. So it's one thing to say, to collect the data and say, yes, we're going to sell it. But you, you have to have, you have to have data to sell. You can't just start on you, exactly. you need history a lot of times. So I think it's definitely, you're doing the right thing. I, in my opinion, anyways, let me see. We've got some more questions here. We've sort of gotten your introduction, but I know you have at least one brother that's in the project. Why don't you tell us about who else is on your team and how many people there are and how, how that's all going? Yes. So um, it's me. My brother is the, is the chief project manager. And then I just add, I've got permission from our JavaScript guy to add him to our website. He's our lead JavaScript, TypeScript, and Swift developer. He didn't want his first name and last name on there. But like for me and my brother, we don't get paid by the project, but like our JavaScript developer and then a bunch of other people we contract out, they get paid on a job by job basis. So like we have like a GFX guy, Python guy, we have a network expert, the VPN expert. We have them do these uh, jobs and we pay them on a job by job basis. Um, but as we grow, we plan, like I told our JavaScript guy that like I plan to hire him once we grow big enough and to actually be able to have him as a traditional employee with like, you know, your W-2s, you know, you get paid, you know, uh, 40 hours a week, et cetera. But yeah, but the core team I would say would just be, it would be me and my brother with our contractors, you know, you know, a JavaScript guy, GFX guy, et cetera. Is this a global project? You're in the U.S. We've got people here from all over the world. So are there are there areas that you don't operate or is this is there areas that you're in now and growing into or how, how does that work in terms of uh, location? All right. So this this is a global project. Our Like our JavaScript guy, he lives in France and we ship everywhere in the world. Yeah, some places, obviously, we have flat rate shipping, too, just because uh, we have more uh, people wanting to buy our miners that live there. But in some places where I think the flat rate shipping is $60 or something for places that don't have as many people. But yeah, th this is a U.S.-based company, but we definitely operate all around the world. Yeah, so there's a couple questions about that, which I think we covered. And there, there's a couple questions about the GPS data that you're collecting and they're specifically more uh, more on the, I don't, and I don't know if you actually see the questions in the chat or not, but there's a question from Burrito here about spoofing GPS data and how 
are you sort of stopping that from happening or what is your protection from people that are going to be doing that? So like I said, I'm not sure if you see the questions in there or not, but there's a yeah. that one here from Burrito. Roven commented a little bit on spoofing and jamming of GPS data. So maybe you can address that. Yes. So with spoofing, um, so basically with our uh, the hardware devices you buy from us, there is no user interface because we want this to be really easy to set up. You know, users just plug it in it and plug it into the power, plug it into your router, turn it on, and you're good to go. So with that, that also adds some 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 anti-gaming and anti-spoofing measures. For instance, no like someone can't log into Satellite Miner and install some spoofing software and say they're in like Nicaragua instead of you know located in Niagara Falls or something like that. Um with the jamming, jamming obviously would be an issue, but if someone jams, they would not be rewarded. We're actually currently working on some measures on our end to detect people who are jamming these signals, but that's basically how we're handling those two things, and yeah. Okay, and then sort of along those, let's see, along those lines is sort of a, who are your target cust- targeted customers for the data, and there's a comment there about the USB uh, GPS antenna is not comparable with the GNSS antenna for accuracy. So that's, I think, probably a question of, number one, obviously your your device is gonna cost a lot more when you're looking at different data sets, but um, yeah, maybe you can talk about who your targeted customers are for the data that you are collecting on the satellite side. Yes, so yes, we do use the VK162 antenna as of now. That might change in the future. But yes, it's not going to be as accurate as something as high grade as what GeoNet uses and, you know, what like actual scientific research facilities use, et cetera. However, to help offset that, you know, we do allow multiple satellite miners to be in one place. And in the future, we'll probably incentivize, incentivize, I can't pronounce that, sorry, people having multiple devices per location as they would correct each other. But yeah, our target audience are basic. So basically we'd have to go over the data that we've collected and see how accurate it is compared to, let's say someone has like a scientific grade base station they like to do as a hobby. Like see if I can get that, and if it's like in the same location as one of our miners, if I could get access to that data and kind of look and see how accurate it is. If it's what I expect it to be, I expect it to be pretty similar. I just sell the data to governments if they want research facilities. Universities could definitely use the project. For instance, if they want to have a paper on like Kessler syndrome, etc. But if they're but if it's not as like if I'm not getting as the data that we want, if it's actually pretty bad, even with the corrections, we have a we have a backup plan in which Let's say we find we find a better antenna. We ship all satellite miner owners that antenna for free to plug in instead of that VK162 antenna, and then go from there. Because this this is going to be an ever growing, ever flexible project, and obviously with that, there's going to be things that you learn as you go on with it. Because there's some things you're not going to know until you actually do it. But to answer your question. As of now, we would be selling the data to you know universities, research facilities, governments, etc. Okay, good. And let's see. Uh, there's a few more questions here. I'm just trying to trying to go through them. It says uh, there's a question about offering VPN services, which I think is that's ultimately what your your plan is on the the other side. Um, 
so essentially, well, I guess you're basically like building the network now with the intent of decentralizing the VPN services. That's correct. Yep, uh, that is correct. So I guess what happens? What's your plan for the miners if you run out? I mean, how how do you, how do you foresee that far in the future? Do you have plans to make your own to build your own devices? Okay, so so yeah, so we do use you know you know recycled materials. Um, and in addition to that, helping e-waste, we like to think that helps us with our decentralized aspect as well, because since we use recycled devices, that gives us many different supplier streams for instance right now we have a we're um jailbreaking a lot of chrome boxes because we, we were able to find a lot for cheap at a good price let's say all these old chrome boxes are gone well we could expand to different itx boxes and find different people who are selling it like like let's say our supplier doesn't anymore i can look at we can look at ebay look at like even new egg even though new egg doesn't have as many old used devices that you still have some like in the future we might build our own but until we have a solid plan of how we do that while being against you know e-waste um we're just going to keep do recycling these materials um until then okay good Let's see here we have partnerships a question about partnerships and other organizations that are supporting fries uh, are you talking with anybody now that you can that you can sort of discuss here that's not uh, you know maybe in, in negotiations but are, are there other areas that you're looking to partner with different projects i can't say any specific project just because nothing's set in stone yet still in talks um but for the type of projects you know like, like we, do, we do plan on partnering with different projects in the future to kind of help build, you know, our network, also their network. For instance, like once our, once our main net is up with the Friday, DV, the Friday VPN network, we would love to be able to partner with like, I mean, you know, a major VPN provider or a smaller VPN provider, or even a browser like Brave to provide our nodes to be used in their network. But I did, there's no one company I can really talk about right now. Just because like I said, it's net, not in zone yet. Okay, understood. Uh, let's see. How about density in terms of numbers of miners? There's a question about that. So, you know, how many units, uh, how many miners in one area would you consider sat oversaturated, or is is there a formula for that, or how do you handle that? Yes. So, um, for I'm going to start with the with our you know DVPN node miners. So basically. Our bandwidth miners, it doesn't matter how many are in one location as long as they have one, as long as they have each, you know, each have their own public IP. Because, you know, if we have two, two bandwidth miners on one public IP, they're going to be fighting for basically fighting for control on a network for people who are wanting to connect to said location. For instance, if we have two miners in one location in like Pennsylvania and someone wants to connect to a Pennsylvania server, that could cause issues for sure especially because, you know, they're on the same IP. And also we want to prevent people from gaming our VPN side by just putting like a hundred bandwidth miners on one public IP. But let's say, let's say one house has like three public IPs. People can, that someone could put a bandwidth miner on each public IP. So basically, um, saturation doesn't matter for DVPN, for our DVPN network, it's either black or white. In that sense, for satellite miners, we are working on a formula to calculate oversaturation because there will be eventually there will be a point where 
we will have some saturation limits on hex locations for our satellite miners. So let's let's say someone goes over that limit. Let's say, for instance, that limit's like 10 satellite miners per location or something. That's not official. I just came up with that number. Um, so let's say someone ha has 10 satellite miners and they put an 11th one down. Well, that 11th one would get less rewards than the or first 10, um, et cetera. Like we're still, we're still working on a formula for that, but that's definitely in our uh, pipeline. I think that's probably a good problem to have if you get to that point. And, and there's, there's a few questions here or comments essentially comparing the quality of the antenna and the difference between the GPS versus GNSS. And I think maybe, you know, there's probably, uh, there's going to be some differences between the projects that uh, that are using the GNSS antennas. You know, you're collecting different, a different level of data. I think you mentioned that already. And I yeah. don't know as if you can expect that, you know, you're going to be collecting the same data depending on the, I guess, level of accuracy of your antennas. So I, I know people are right now, I've seen the comments are comparing us to like GeoNet. We are not close to GeoNet, especially with your very, very high quality antennas and the systems they have in place and also the network, obviously, they have growing right now. There is some data that would be somewhat similar that we collect, for instance, like the position of satellites, but there, since we have a lower quality antenna, we're not gonna be collecting the same data and we don't have the exact same goals. For instance, I know one of GeoNet's main goals is to help main, make sure that, you know, the GNSS systems remain accurate, even if the sun is causing in, um, interference, et cetera. Um, I don't have the white paper up in front of me, but that's why I remember from reading. What we're trying to do is, you know, we're trying to track the satellites, but we're also trying to, in that way, also trying to help prevent Kessler syndrome from happening in the future. But like I said, we're definitely not collecting all of the exact same data that GeoNet's doing. Also, they have a much higher quality antenna than us. And the, the prices of our miners reflect it compared to us compared to GeoNet. That's why we opted to go with a lower quality uh, GNSS antenna. Okay. So how are, how is it going now in terms of sales? Do you have any information you can share in, as far as devices that you've sold? Is that something you want to discuss, uh, orders taken, whatnot? Yeah, I, I'll discuss the, like, I'm not going to go through the amount of miners that I've sold because there's some orders that have, like, 10, some that have 5. But I'll go up that amount, like, the order number. Let me pull that up here. Because I, I know back in 2022, between the beginning of November and then end of the year, I think we had five total orders. And at that time, we were selling these miners for $24, basically giving them away for free just to build a network. But if I check our orders now, so it looks like we have 311 orders. The amount of miners in total are going to be much, much greater than 311. Um, and that's basically where we are right now for the sales. And we're getting pretty close to our full retail price uh, because if you guys follow us on Twitter, you know, every Friday we give a, we give a warning a couple hours in advance that the miners are going to go up by 20 bucks. And once they hit $210, uh, they'll stop going up. So I, I believe we're $30 away from that right now. But yeah, so that's basically all that information. Okay. Uh, there's a question here and I, in terms of the security of a your device's to provide security comparable to that of the VPN, does the Fry's network, Fry's network have developed security measures to prevent unauthorized use by third parties that could potentially compromise user privacy? So how are you handling security on the DVPN side? 
I'm just trying to think of what exactly they're asking. If they're asking for like like people like trying to listen in on their session, their VPN sessions with our VPN. I mean, all the all the ingoing outgoing communication being encrypted with session keys, pre-shared keys. I'm not a VPN expert or like a network or security expert. That'd be more of a question. Like, I wish I had our network guy on right now, but that'd be more of a question in the future for him. But if, if they're asking about someone snooping in, that's basically how we would protect, protect against that. But if you're talking about like people who have these miners, prevent those people from going into the system and looking at what you're doing. Like I said earlier, our devices do not have a user interface. And we have measures in place to prevent people from getting into those devices and causing um, havoc. <laughs> That's all I can answer on that because I'm not a network or a security expert, but we do have we do have things in the pipeline and things that we are thinking of right now as we're building this network to in, in order to maintain user privacy and security and prevent bad actors from gaining access. What we'll do is we have the recording. We're recording this so we can put together some questions that you're unable to answer today or maybe elaborate on. And what we can do is just basically put out a document that addresses some of these questions that maybe aren't fully answered today. And, and if we don't get to every question, it's kind of hard to get through all of them. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put something together so that we can provide this, any additional questions to the group after the fact. Let me see, Perfect. we have a couple others here. What about, so there's there's actually a couple of questions here. I'm not sure if they're the same person or not, but whether or not you're looking for team members, this mentions in Europe. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how your your company is growing. You mentioned there's a small team, but you know, do you have plans to add additional members to your team? Yes, we do. So we're looking at local places like, for instance, like Asia, Europe, Africa, find, finding people that would be able to also build these miners in their respective locations and be able to ship them out like that. You know, one in order to be able to get orders out faster, but also to reduce shipping costs. For instance, us shipping, like, well, for instance, let's say we have a builder in Australia. Right now, I believe shipping is $60 from the US to Australia. If we had someone in Australia, that shipping would be free. But we do have plans on that to grow our team in that aspect. Um, and also plan to add more programmers. Like, right now, we have a Python and JavaScript guy, but I want to add a lot more as we kind of expand and add goals to our project and basically also after we come across things as we go like anti-spoofing not anti-spoofing like anti-gaming measures i know right now i have our javascript guy working on some more anti-gaming measures for the recycle miners because we had a couple incidents last week with people using vms and also um, manipulated the mac addresses um etc but for more like present stuff we're definitely starting to look at getting builders in different locations okay there was one question here a little while back and i kind of see it repeated here this is from brad i'm not sure if you saw so he's asking he's asking about if eventually uh you'll be utilizing new gpus or asics you know is this something that I, mean, I guess he's asking if will if you'll be required to upgrade to use gpus or asics or do you have plans to incorporate those into your project um, right now no but in the future i mean we could always go in like an ai route those devices would come in handy but for right definitely right now is all of our plans that's not in the pipeline though 
it's, you know, we, we've got a little time left, but I, I know you wanted to talk about uh, your rebranding. If that's something that you want to talk about now, and we can kind of go over that and what you're doing with the name that you're changing the name of the company, you've got new logos and stuff. I don't know if you want to talk about that a bit. Yeah. And maybe there's something so, you can share, share a link or something into the chat as well as you're talking about it. I mean, yeah, I could definitely share a video to the chat here, but oh uh, yeah. So as I find that video, so yes, we are rebranding. So the name Fry's Crypto, that's from our eBay days. And as this project grew, I wanted it. I wanted the name to represent something different, something that would be more responsive in the Web three world, and also sound a lot more professional than just Fry's Crypto Excursions. Um, basically, what you saw that our website was was redesigned, um, and if you notice. Um, the colors changed from a blue tone to a red tone. Um, that kind of hints at basically what we're aiming for. We're going for a more, I don't know how to explain it, a more like darker red tone for our new brand. Um, I don't know really how to explain that. Just basically the aesthetics wise, we're going for more of a dark, have darker tones. The blue is going to turn to a red, but let me get this video up. All right, so I'm going to post a video in the comments. So what you're going to see is the new logo, the new name, and basically the color scheme we're going for. And later today, that um, basically the, our domain, the name, is going to update. For the time being, our email addresses will stay the same just for sake of simplicity for people. You know, if they people need to open a ticket, they're able to open a ticket with no issues. And then eventually later this year, those emails will change. But it's uploading but I can talk about more things as it uploads. So while I was thinking for a new name, something that's not super tacky, like for instance, Fry X or something with the X at the end of it. There's a lot of those in the space and there's some that people don't, this is some that some names that people, they give people bad memories like MXC. Yeah, so we went, we just had to go with Fry Foundation basically because, well, there's many reasons, but the main reason why we went with Foundation is because what we're doing right now is to help build a better foundation for the future through reducing e-waste. Like, yes, like there's projects out there like Planet Watch, you know, trying to help air quality, but there's no one doing e-waste from what I can see. And our project wants to help prevent e-waste because that is a huge issue. Like I said, we're building a better foundation now for the future. So we're the Fry Foundation. What we came up with for our rebrand, um, yeah, like I said, the emails will stay the same. But the domain change. Well, yeah, the emails will stay the same for a little bit, but the domain will change, etc. Cool. All right. Uh, there's actually a couple more questions here. So one of them actually okay. was was interesting that I noticed um, on your on your PayPal account. I forget what it says, but you have an interesting yeah. PayPal account in there. Just wondering if that's going to change. So that already changed um, after after people brought it up because I forgot it was like that. So it, it originally said order of killing. Back in my early high school years, um, I had I had made this PayPal and I was a music producer. So that was that was kind of leftover from that. Um, but that changed, um, I believe, two weeks ago. I changed that to the Fry Foundation. So, but so, but if that's still popping up, um, please let me know because it should not be popping up anymore. Okay. Yeah. It was, it's just a, it's something that caught me off guard when I saw it. So. Yeah. Let me see what else do we have. What, let's see, there's a question about batch two. So you essentially, you had a batch that you just shipped, that's correct, in that batch of orders, and then you have batch two coming up. Uh, so 
is that something that you're ready to ship or what is the status on that? So basically, I guess you're collecting a certain number of orders and then you ship them out in batches. That's correct? Yep, correct. So right now, batch one is being shipped out this week. Batch one will conclude shipping out at the latest tomorrow. Actually, no, at the latest uh, end of Monday. But yeah, all batch one will be shipped. And then I believe we've, we've already shipped some of batch two because we're going to, you know, we're going to try getting batch two out as soon as possible. Like, so for instance, after Monday, between, let's say, Tuesday and the end of June, uh, we'll be slowly shipping batch two out um, as we can. So right now our batches go by quarters. So for instance, batch one was for um, November to uh, the end of quarter one. And then batch two is supposed to be from like the last month of quarter one until the, I believe, the end of quarter two. So that, that's basically how we make the batches. But also we do have a device limit for the batches. So once we hit a total of 500 orders, not just devices, but orders, uh, batch two will become batch three. Um, so there's still a little bit of time that people want to order and stay in batch two. Um, I believe you have a, a little over 100 orders until we can no longer provide devices for batch two. Okay. Uh, I noticed something you had put out a tweet. You were uh, there was a governance vote that you had taken. Uh, you were using something, you were using essentially, basically just like a Twitter vote. And then there was an issue with that. But you mentioned that you're going to actually be switching to a blockchain voting system. Is that something that uh, you can talk about in terms of the, your governance going forward? Yes. So we do plan to use Algo Faucet once they have their governance program up. Like we can make our own governance program, but to kind of alleviate the pressure from our programmers, because bless their souls, they're, they're working really hard right now, putting overtime. For instance, our, I believe, I think two weeks ago, our JavaScript guy, he put in, let's see here, I think he put in a little over 40 hours one week uh, working on the hex map. So that's why I decided to go with a third party like Algo Faucet. Because at the end of this year, they should have that up. But in the meantime, we wanted to have the community involved. Um, so we decided to go for non-blockchain in the meantime. So. We originally tried Twitter polls just because that is easiest for people. Um, and, and I mean, it's super easy. You get your phone app out, um, go to Twitter, and you can vote. But after, like, the, the day that I, I put that poll out, um, I was just kind of looking at it to make sure that there's no bad actors. And I think we had a total of like 30 votes before I went to bed. And then, and then eight hours later, when I woke up, I looked, there's 120 votes. And instead of the evenly kind of voted on, options like there was, it was basically pretty even like 33 percent 33 percent etc but when i woke up and saw it was like 76 percent for the the 20 device limit with 120 votes which is almost i believe five times as much as we normally get for votes so then we had to nullify that and move to something that has antibody measures like like survey monkey or google forms and we ended up going with google forms um, and that vote should actually be ending sometime soon after this AMA. But yeah, but we are definitely going to move to a blockchain, a blockchain type governance voting system. And if for some reason, if Algo Faucet doesn't get their system out by the end of the year, we'll come up with our own system. But for now, the plan is to have it on Algo Faucet. Okay, good. Yeah, I do. I love Algorand as a blockchain. I sort of recently gotten into it and I love what they're doing. So I'm glad to see you're on that chain. And it fits, it fits well with your sort of, you know, the recycle aspect in the green. It fits, it fits in well with Algorand. Yeah. Let me see. So there's a question here from Burrito about, I'll just read it here. How are you informing customers of risks with running an exit node for, say, Mysterium? 
if you are running it yourself, yeah. you can select a more restrictive customer set, but is that possible on your bandwidth miner? Yes. So right now, so uh, we just redid our white paper um, and we have it stated in our white paper, the risks. We have a whole section basically on the risks of using of our bandwidth miners. And we also in the same section mentioned what you can do to mitigate that issue. For instance, because as of right now, our testnet is not out yet. So we don't have a physical button people can select when they're surfing. Basically, you don't have like safe search on or have it not on. But what we urge our people who have the bandwidth miners to do is to help mitigate the issue if they're really nervous, do open DNS. Because with open DNS, you're able to filter what people can search and not search. Um, and that applies to people who are using your exit node to view the internet. So if people try to look at you know something that's illegal or something that you blacklisted on open DNS, they won't be able to do that. We have uh, just a few more minutes here. There is a there's a question here which we sort of talked about in the beginning. They were again asking about the data, uh, who's going to purchase the data, and that's something that we talked about to say that you know it's one thing to to collect data and sell it, but I think what's important is with projects like this is there needs to be a history of the data, and there's this is a different level of data, like you said, that you might get from GeoNet, but you're building a history nonetheless, and the data that may not have value now because there's a little of it, uh, you know, as you're collecting it, there's going to be more value. There's going to be projects that don't require a, a geonet level of data. So it's hard to say who you're going to sell the data to, when you're going to sell it, because this is something that it could be two to three years in the making before the data is ready to sell. You know, so I don't know if you want to talk about that in terms of what your plans are for the data. So I, maybe you can also talk about where this data you're collecting is being stored and maybe any plans for decentralizing that part of the project as well. Yes, our storage of these devices. So since we're still in the early stages right now, they're just stored on our server for like the the, the, um, the GNSS data it gets stored on our server. But in the future, we do want to decentralize that aspect. Like maybe reach out to what like, like, like storage, SIA coin, SC prime, et cetera. But that we'll probably tackle that after, well, after some of our programmers are free because, like I said, they're pretty overworked right now. And were there any other parts of your question that I did not answer? I think I forgot to answer some parts. No, 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 you covered it. We have, yeah, so we, we have just a couple minutes left. If you want to sort of wrap up, give us just a bit of anything we missed, anything you want to add to the conversation, and let's go from there. Yeah, and also there's some questions I want to ask. Let me see here. Okay, so like I said, Master Chili, so, all right, so Master Chili, like I said, so the reason, so that it's not like if no one's going to buy that data, I mean, people eventually will buy that data, but there's a reason why we have, like, there's another reason why we have the satellite miners and then the bandwidth miners. For instance, if no one buys that data, well, someone will eventually buy the data, but that's not going to be an issue for the company because we already have the DVPN aspect, which basically decentralizes our, our income sources. And like I said, Master Shelley, the, the data will be accurate because we're going to have multiple miners in one location. And the data streams from those miners are going to correct any irregularities, um, outliers, etc. See if there's any other questions. Any other questions we missed? Oh, yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to answer one more question real fast, and then I'll kind of um, think of anything that, we, that I didn't mention and then go from there. So... Okay, when do you plan to open a map of devices worldwide? 
So um, if you talk about like our Explorer, so our we have an Explorer in the works right now. Our our JavaScript developer, he is currently working on that really hardcore. Um, I look at the roadmap. I know it's in the roadmap. I don't remember exactly when we plan to have it out, but it should say here the roadmap. So it looks like we plan to have the Explorer out. Yeah, well, so we plan to have the Explorer out quarter two of this year. So between um, April and the end of June, we plan to have that Explorer out. And then to, uh, now let me think if we forgot to mention anything. So um, actually right now, so our white paper has been redone data-wise, but we are we do have our GFX guy going through and he's redesigning this, cleaning it up, making it a lot, look a lot more pretty. And we'll be doing that with um, our roadmap as well. I mean, as part of the rebrand, I think you anything else. Do you have anything else you can think of, uh, Rob? No, I, I think you did a great job today answering the questions that we had. I think it's important that you're here, that people uh, see you know a project like this. They have the founder right here in front of them. You're actually you're in this Telegram group pretty often, so it's not like we're looking at a little icon on the screen and who is this? I mean, you're here talking, you're here answering questions. This is a new project. You have a lot of growth to do. And, you know, this isn't something that happens overnight. You're, you know, I think you're going, you're doing really well. I think I read a lot of positive things about this project online, which is why we wanted to have you here today. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. And I really hope this goes well for you guys. So just quickly want to, you know, thank you. Thank you all so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Tiffin Project podcast. All relevant links are included in the show notes. Please remember to subscribe and rate to be notified of future episodes and to let us know that you enjoyed this podcast.